0: Welcome back to another edition of Mormon Expression. I'm your host, John Larson. And tonight we're joined by a couple of our regulars. First of all, from the Utah County, we have Tom. Hey, Tom.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Long time no here.
0: And uh, from the heartland, we have the one and only Glenn. Hey, Glenn.
2: Hey, John. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. And tonight we're joined by a, 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 a special, uh, I don't want to call you special. That's what we call the guys in the sport club. <laughs> tonight we're joined by one of our. One of our listeners, we brought in a guest tonight. We're here with uh, Mark. Hey, Mark.
3: That's me. Hey, guys. Hey, tell us a
0: little bit about yourself.
3: All right. Well, I'm from Utah County also and been listening to the podcast. And um, as of right now, I've kind of been like on a the little sp- spiritual journey or whatever since 2005. Um, I'm 30 years old. And right now, I just consider myself like a secular humanist, basically. So... Um, don't don't attend right now my wife attends every other week and my daughter attends every week so interesting
0: (laughs) all right well your godless heathen ways are okay
2: (laughs) does that classify him as mamby pamby
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's like the second degree it takes you have to earn (laughs) and and be out
2: all right you'll get there Uh, hold fast
0: tonight um you know, the, the podcast is named Mormon Expression, which uh, was named by the lovely Zilpha, um, partly because Alan Wyatt had squatted on every other name. Oh! <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, uh, so, no, but it's, it's a good name. But, you know, there is a, another meaning for Mormon Expression, which is those sort of things that Mormons say all the time. You might say, that's a Mormon expression. So tonight, our episode of Mormon Expression is on Mormon Expressions. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of time and pull some of them out and, and talk about them a little bit.
1: We get to expand on the pun that is our title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's about time. The the podcast is called Mormon Expression, not Mormon Expressions. Although um, I did have the foresight to uh, reserve that name on the internet too. So if you if you type in Mormon Expressions, you'll find the right place. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Mormons um, have had enough uniqueness, um, probably geographically, to be able to establish their own sort of culture and language and and all that, more so than probably a lot of religions. Like if you went and talked to, I don't know, some Seventh-day Adventists or some Jehovah Witnesses, while they may be as unique in terms of religion, in terms of separateness of religious view... I don't think that they have isolated themselves from the culture as much in terms of creating their own little subculture
1: so once again, the Mormons are separating us versus them
0: well i, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's an us versus them so much as they were just out in the desert by themselves um and they <laughs> uh you know like all people, they talk um like each other, and you know I don't know if it was like an intentional thing that that Mormons have a particular way of of talking or that they have uh you know, their own unique phrases.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and we're kind of cannibalistic too. We, we, uh, you know, if there's, (laughs) if there's books that are written by a Mormon, we'll read the books that are written by a Mormon, you know, or kind of wisdom. If you're going to go see a a psychiatrist, you, you want to find a Mormon psychiatrist or, you know, things like that where we're interacting with each other so much that we create this really high context group, um, and, and can exchange our esoteric knowledge very easily.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. I also think, um, Because of the structure, the hierarchy, uh, you know, where you have the conference talks that everyone every six months has to sit down and listen to, Um, I think as we go through some of these phrases, some of them come from copying um, those who are in authority, and then it becomes a way to express sort of authority or intelligence, probably the same way like a a grad student starts to copy, you know, the phrases of, of their professors, you know. They take on that affect, and I think that's a normal human thing, but of course it leads to this, this sort of uh, Mormon expressions. So maybe I'll give you an example of, uh, to start us off with one that I'm talking about. Um, let's start with the phrase even. Yeah. Um, so so this is one that um, you hear quite a bit, and not like even is in the opposite of odd, but um, even.
1: You're saying even like a phrase or even just a word?
0: well I, I think first of all, you'll hear it a lot in prayers, um, especially if if you want you know normally you say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, but if you really want to be special, you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, even our Lord and Savior amen
2: yeah it, it's it's poetic and and uh, you know elevates the language and it, it's it's part of the performance of of prayer or even the performance prayer? yeah yeah it's a performance you don't think it's a performance
1: <laughs> i've never really thought of prayer i guess i guess pu- some public prayers are could be considered a performance you know i just don't expect somebody to say in the name of christ to take a big bow i don't know
2: no Maybe. but it, yeah it's a performance you're doing it for an audience right
1: yeah i guess <laughs> I, I think it's true instead, you know? instead of dear heavenly fathers ladies and gentlemen pay attention <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> Tom, you have to acknowledge that you've heard some prayers because I, I think there were some this last session of conference where they almost slip out of their talking to God and t- and start talking to the audience more. They, they'll start sermonizing. I mean, I think those individuals are not thinking so much about their communication with the heavens; they're thinking about um, what everybody's listening to.
3: Hey, all yeah, right, I th-
1: I'll take I'll take that. Go ahead, Mark.
3: Oh, I would probably say it's 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 both. You know, um, whenever you're in, in that mindset or whatever, you're, um, doing a performance, you know, like you said, uh, unto God and also to everybody that's listening. I mean, how many times do you, in the past, did you hear somebody give a, a prayer and you're like, wow, what a spiritual, he's, he, this guy's really close to God. And I'm sure, you know, people appreciate that, that, that thought that people are thinking that about them in the audience, you know? So I could see it as both ways performing for God and for the audience a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm just a little, I, even, I'm just a little go ahead, Tom I'm just, a I was little just defensive because that. yeah <laughs> all right i was just I'm just a little defensive because I've never really thought about any of my public prayers as a performance and and i I guess I just don't want us to generalize all public prayers as as some grandiose performance, you know. Well, it's time you're the one to step I, it
3: up, Tom. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're
2: the one saying grandiose. I, I'm, I'm actually being very innocent when I say performance. I, oh, I think even, yeah. You're a innocent. No, I, I think even even a private prayer is a performance. You know, you, you're, you've are you got an audience in God, and, and there's certain things that you're supposed to, to say, certain ways that you're supposed to say it. You're taught from a very young age. You know, you've got to fold your arms in a certain way and close your eyes. There's this structure, you know. You you say, "Heavenly Father," and anything outside of Heavenly Father, you know, unless it's respectful, is kind of like if, you don't hear Mormons just say God in a prayer. You know, it's got to have this reverence overtone to it. These and thous and saying words like "Art," you know, we don't we don't normally talk like that. It's this elevated speech, even in private, and and that's what I, I mean just- when I say it's performance.
3: Yeah, I, I always I always ask for moisture though when I'm really mean uh, <laughs> when I really mean rain. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. moisture
0: moisture is a great one. Uh, but before we move on to, to moisture, I want to I want I, I want I'm thinking about what you're saying, Glenn, and I, I do think that there's an element of the prayers that is becoming rote, not just a, a performance. You know, I, I would think even is sort of like putting salt in it. You know, and and you'll hear some general authorities use it outside of prayer. Uh, the gospel, even the gospel of Jesus Christ, they'll say that all the time, and it, it's sort of a, a a crutch. But you know, one of the things that a lot of people say in prayers—I'd guess eighty to ninety percent of the prayers say say something to the effect of, "I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ." Name it. No. Why, that phrase has no meaning? It's just—it's just complete. It's—it's um, it's just a crutch completely. So just filler. It's a act. And that, that's where it's becoming more rote, where people are just repeating what they hear from others. Once again, that's not a Mormon trait. I mean, that's 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 a human trait, but there's no real cause for saying that.
3: <laughs> so, uh, have you have you researched a little bit? Um, I say these things, and also uh, quote unquote, even if those go back to the 17th century English language, or or is it kind of is it a true Mormon expression? Oh come on now! What's this with research?
2: <laughs> well, I was I was going to wax really uh, historical about Melvin Wheelie, who was the first person to actually use even in a prayer in 1832. Uh. But that's not true. I'm just making it up on this uh. <laughs> one, brother. Wheeler. No, I
0: I don't know. I don't know where the source of uh, most of these are. <laughs> um. So let's go to moisture. Aside um, from the spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So why don't Mormons pray for rain?
1: Some do because that, because that's what moisture is, John. Come on, well, you that's,
0: get it. You know that's one that not only is it is it a, is it a funny thing to say um, to say moisture, um, but um, <laughs> it's it's it really um, hits at the sort of the roots of the faith. You know, it's not so much anymore. But you know, you'll hear conference talks where they're talking about praying praying for rain and pulling pipe and stuff. That's you know really. Sort of indicative to the Utah Idaho corridor, and I I remember as a as a young missionary we we had to translate um, oftentimes and and even <laughs> well, high council would come and say the word moisture and we'd always just say rain, um, but you know when they start talking about pulling pipe you would just uh, you would just skip over that part.
2: I don't know what that means. Yeah, I haven't heard that one either. I bet you guys
0: think
1: it's dirty. Um, <laughs> you
2: know don't put words in our
1: mouth john (laughs) don't don't put words in our mouth
0: come on tom you're you're a local you got to know what pulling pipe is i i'm the only one who knows what pulling pipe is all right so
1: is this back in the farming days with uh gation yeah, you, you know is this, so, right, is this gutter right. talk? Is no, gutter no. Talk?
0: you you'd have the okay. before, now now they're on motors, so the, the you know the sprinklers were sort of moved I themselves. Remember. In the old days they'd have to ride out to the back forty and take these big long things of, of, of pipe to irrigate the you know, the dry farm out there and they'd have to push them around and pull them around and the farmers would call that pulling pipe. Um but it, it there have been other phrases like that that show up in conference where they're very local to what's going on in Utah for a global church. Sometimes we, we slip back in that. I'll hear a conference talk every every session, at least one where they do that. And the only reason I'm cognizant of it is because I used to have to translate um, into into Laotian, which oftentimes they'd use terms that just weren't there. That's a really clean place.
1: No, I, <clears throat> as far as the moisture thing goes, yeah, I— I do think that it's just more of a habit. It just fell into, into a form of tradition and just fell into that way. I remember talking to a friend and sure enough, somebody went up in sacrament Meeting and thanked, thank God for the moisture. And it had been snowing like crazy that day. And we almost slid off the road and stuff like that. And he's like, why would you thank God for almost crashing us and all the other cars we saw crashed on the way over here? I don't know if I'd be thanking him for all this moisture. But, but
0: you know, when I grew up, um, you know, we were on the edge. Uh, we, we didn't grow up in farm community. We grew up on the edge of farm community. And most of the adults, I would say in my ward, had grown up on farms. You know, Utah is really prone to droughts. So that was something that's really, you know, on, on the top of everybody's mind.
2: I still think that moisture people are just trying to use a fancier word for rain because they got to use elevate, elevated speech for a prayer. It's part of the performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, and I, I should make clear I hope people don't take this as we talked about these phrases as criticism.
1: I I mean, I hope they do.
0: <laughs> Mormons have Yeah,
1: Glenn's over here elevated performance. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with criticism. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, everybody has their way of talking, and 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 that's fine. I mean, some of these are a little bit extravagant, but um, you know, they're not. They're not necessarily that bad. Uh, okay, uh, as far as elevated speech, because I had a couple other examples I want to put. Uh, words that I never hear anywhere else. Manifest. Right. As in as in, raise your hand. Right. Yeah, I've never heard that used in that in that way outside of you know, uh, Mormon church. Yeah. <laughs>
2: How about pertaining
0: to? Pertaining, I have that on on my list. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a phrase that you ne- you never ever hear. Um, uh, give it. Give us a. Give us a sentence,
2: Glenn. Oh well, you can you can have things that are pertaining to the gospel. I mean, it's usually the gospel that things are pertaining to. You can have things also pertain to the church, but usually it's pertaining to the gospel, and and oftentimes things are not pertinent. Which is a, a, a variation of pertaining, but they're not pertinent to salvation. Which they're also not important to salvation. But it's it's like these little stock phrases that they you, somebody heard it somewhere, and they, probably from some apologetic source, something I would think you know in, in those contexts at least. And you just pass it along. It's this nice little verbal package that you can pick up and pass along and say you're one. Yeah. Morning. Hey. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I I I think that. But I, I would guess that the televi- the televised conference is, is more, like I said before, more the culprit because then you really have a model. And you know and we're told to model that stuff all the time. I remember being told you should dress like the brethren, you should talk like the brethren. The brethren are, are a shining example. So it's uh, – I don't think that far of a stretch that we pick up their verbal crutches.
2: No, any, anything pertaining to the gospel you should model. <laughs>
0: You know, and you should model anything pertaining to the gospel because it's for our edification.
2: It is for our edification. edification. Yes, it's a manifestation of our edification. <laughs> and that pertains to the topic at hand. Right. Yeah, I, oh, I, I have right. to say,
0: I was gleaning these today, and I, I, I swear I got edification off of a Facebook friend, and yeah. they weren't talking about this. They just used it. Now, it was in a church setting, yeah. but uh, they used to use that word edification. So,
1: All these things make all these sayings make the field ready to harvest, so.
0: <laughs> so here's another verbal crutch you hear, um, and I, I have no idea. Bear with me. Um, you, you'll hear that in church all the time. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's flipping through their scriptures, or, or they oftentimes use it when, they haven't, when they're acknowledging they haven't prepared their talk very well.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to, to go uh, not unique on that one. I, I hear that other places besides Mormon context. Bear with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one comes up. And there's another one that, that, that I do hear from time to time, but never as often as I hear in the church, which is um, turn the time over to. Right. Um, you, I mean, you hear it in Utah all the time. When I, when, I was, when I worked in Utah and I was in meetings, I'd hear that constantly. I'll hear it <laughs> occasionally outside, outside of Zion. But I mean, you hear it in church every, every, every Sunday.
2: Did, did, did you ever have to um, conduct a meeting?
0: You mean it in at in work? In church,
2: or? in church, a church meeting, like a sacrament meeting.
0: Um, no, I never, I never ranked that high in the Kabbalah. Did you?
2: <laughs> well, sometimes I would in in my room uh, alone. I would practice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you dress rehearsal because you never know. Yeah, right. You never know. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like on on my mission, there would be times where uh, I would be up, and of course, this is this is in Japanese, but. I I would always struggle for what to say and so I'd kind of fall back on, you know, again we're talking about these verbal crutches and this prepackaged language where you know, turn the time over to by way of announcement, um, you know, all in favor, please manifest with the uplifted hand. And and when you when you watch somebody who's new to a bishopric, it's kind of fun to watch them struggle through that language the first few times, some of them you can tell they're really polished and they have been practicing uh, alone in in the bathroom in front of the mirror. But, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's just another part of performance.
0: Now, Glenn, as I got, uh, as I was out on my mission longer, you know, once again, I was speaking Laotian, they had their own set. And, and I got more comfortable near the end because I picked up on those sort of cliches. Um, So they, they didn't necessarily match. What we would say back in in Utah, but they had their own set. Uh, was that true in Japanese too?
2: Yeah, and I was thinking about that when we were talking about prayer earlier, because um, the, the example that you gave was like um, these things we say. The, 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 there is a Japanese ex- expression for this, you know, like they'll just say, um, "Oh, I don't, know. I don't want to say it. I might mess it up." Any of the Japanese listeners out there will say, "Oh, he wasn't really in Japan." Oh, you don't want to be critiqued, huh? <laughs> I don't want to all be right. critiqued. <laughs> 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 like zembu," uh, Koreo <laughs> I also haven't prayed in Japanese for a long time. Yes, Cristo no mina But it'd be like the Koreo zembu," like all of this we say. Um, anyway,
3: there, there's kind of an interesting one in Brazil, also where I served. Um, before every prayer, uh, whether it's a blessing on the food or, or a prayer in front of the whole, um, ward, everybody starts off with which means, uh, excuse me. And then everybody bows their head and it's kind of like a preparation for it's reverent time. You know, and that was kind of interesting. Excuse do you, me.
2: <laughs> do you also have like the honorifics for God, you know, like, like instead of your heavenly father, you know, our father, which art in heaven and you know those kind of honorifics in uh, Spanish or Laotian?
3: I think they're a pretty straight, pretty straight translation from LDS um, to in in Brazil, where I was. Paisos Celestial, Heavenly Father, and and etc. Pretty much the same.
0: Yeah, it it could get onerous. <laughs> um, there was a whole nother set of language for the you know the king, and for God, um, so, and oftentimes God and the king had their own set of verbs. Um, you know, so we think of the old, you know, high middle English, thee, thou, and thine. Mm-hmm. It, it could get really hairy fast. Um, and you know, there there were some old timers who um, would do some of that stuff, and 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 you could get really unless you, you unless you had served in a monastery, you really couldn't follow them along. Um, but the, mm-hmm. they would do it, and that, that's one of those things that would bleed over, where you know the the. The good-natured Mormons would teach them, saying, you have to use the most honorific language when addressing God, not knowing what monster they'd unleashed. And I know Japanese <laughs> has a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah. Now, there, there was an interesting thing in the um, in the branches where I, I served down in San Diego. I don't know if this is universal, but before every prayer, um, as everybody ba- bowed their head, the uh, whoever was praying would say, to which was something they picked up from some Buddhist thing. And I don't know what it means to this day, but they would all say it. And the missionaries would say it, too, because everybody else did. But, um, you know, so each place picks their, their own stuff from the culture they surround, I suppose.
1: How, How about—go about? Uh, ahead, Mark. No, you go, go for it. I was going to say, are we going to hit my favorite, Every Fiber of My Being?
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, that that's the top of the list. That, that one's probably crossed over to where people don't say it anymore. Because it's because really? cliche. Do you, do you think people
2: still say with every fiber of my being?
3: Yes. If they wanna if they want to bring out the big guns, yeah. If they want to put on a good performance. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, if I they could, don't care about looking stupid.
3: I couldn't
0: say it with a straight face. It's yeah. just it's just so over the top cliched.
3: I think that's I think that's usually uh, uh used with um without a shadow of a doubt. I'm sure that's on your list also. But
0: Yes, but without a shadow of doubt is its you know weaker cousin. It's you know it's not a yeah. <laughs> With every fiber of my being. <laughs> you know, you are beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well you hear both of those outside the Mormon culture, but not nearly as as as, as much.
3: That's what I was wondering, yeah.
0: Um there's another one that, that I that I that I had that's and you know that one shows up mostly in prayer too. Or and I guess it shows up in no it shows up in testimony. Yeah. Um, and another one that shows up In testimony a lot Or at least the testimony portion of talks Is the phrase so blessed yeah. And people will say we're so blessed To be here And we're so blessed to be in such a great ward And we're so blessed to have um, Brother Dumfries as our bishop And we're so blessed to have the Cannery nearby So blessed yeah. Tom you're so blessed to be on this podcast
1: a- <laughs> Amen brother Without a,
2: without a shadow of a doubt. Well, John, you know, you, you studied linguistics, right? I mean, aren't there aren't there words that they just work because you can emote into them. You know, like so it it doesn't really mean much, but the way that you say it makes it seem so, you know, you, you put a lot of feeling and emotion into so blessed. Whether I, I had a, a a roommate who was teaching at the MTC, and he talked in his sleep all the time, and he used to bear his testimony in his sleep. It was great because I'd listen to him and go, you guys, the church is so true. But you can take a word like <laughs> so, and it just, it, it's one of those emotive words, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, the, you know, then there comes a point once again where they become just common conjunction <laughs> phrases, and then so blessed might be, might be one of those where it just becomes the way you, you go to the next, the next thought. But, yeah, and I suppose words like so um, come from the fact that um, in terms of what normal speech and normal emotion we're expressing in language, you're always trying to amp that up a little bit at church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't talk about it in the same way you talk about how much you love your hungry man dinner or this, you know, beefy stew. Oh, this is so good. But, so you, you have to amp it up, and it's so good, even as good as manna.
3: Well, okay. I think... I think uh I think the way to one up like I so know this is true or whatever and I think this could probably be categorized as a Mormon expression as as well as the term I know and you say that with such a fervor in your voice I know and you goosebump everybody <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I know without a shadow of a doubt I think that's I think that um that <laughs> that claim to to knowledge is it's kind of a Mormon expression. You don't usually hear that in other faiths. I don't. I don't think. What say ye?
0: I I definitely think that's true. <laughs> I, I I think I think you've got an excellent point, which is with especially with I know, it's a lot of those nonverbal intensifiers. You know, the the phrasing and all that becomes very very important. And
3: I think we that. taught Glenn Beck. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think Glenn Beck just found a common spirit in Mormonism. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so when you're talking about no, obviously no to Mormons has its own unique definition. Now, a lot of Mormons would argue with me about that. But, I, I mean, when I say, I know you were at Walmart because I saw you there, that's different than when a Mormon says, I know the church is true. It's it's a, it's a, it's a whole other ballgame. It is? <laughs> and, the, and, the, and I think that my point, I'm trying to work my way slowly around to, is that <laughs> – um, That's one of the reasons they're so intense about it. You know, it's one of those thou dost protest too much sort of things um, that people get so – empathetic up there when they're saying they know that clearly you're saying well if you, if you know this I mean, well, normally you don't walk around declaring what you know I mean that's not a normal thing to do to declare what you have faith in what you believe in that sort of thing is a normal human thing so where you've taken the word know and supplanted faith with that in, in the Mormon paradigm you then have to really amp it up to say this is something I really really know I mean I really know this guys I really know this strongly and it's like whoa back up there cowboy <laughs>
2: Yeah. And, and it's, it's very safeguarded. It's very protective. If you want to get somebody defensive, you go right at the, I know, and, and you know, I, I, I wrote down five things that I heard today when I was at church and this is, this is one of them. Um, the, the, I know, but, but then when you start, you know, there's members of the church that will, will make distinctions and start getting into different definitions of what knowledge is. And so there was a, a guy today in the gospel doctrine class that, Wanted to make sure that everybody knew that there's a difference between spiritual knowledge and intellectual knowledge, and that spiritual knowledge will lead you to the celestial kingdom, but intellectual knowledge will only confuse you. Uh oh! And you know, this is, this is such a pet peeve. <laughs> I mean, this whole "no" thing, but you, you want to get that, a fight for that- people, was-
1: yeah. Was that before you raised your hand and got kicked out of Gospel Doctrine for causing a
2: ruckus? You know i i really <laughs> I, I i really fought the urge. I did make one comment. But, <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't on this. It wasn't on this. I, it, we were talking about Proverbs, and I said, you know, th- this wasn't written by God. But anyway, th- that's that's something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Glenn,
0: that's interesting because I don't remember that when I was a kid. That distinction. I've hear I've heard that more and more. Is this? Are, are people's faiths is is the faith being challenged? Is that why they're making the distinction between their spiritual eyes and their regular eyes here?
3: <laughs> I'd, I'd say so. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I I've become more aware of it. I don't I don't know if if it's become more prevalent in in later years. It it could be, but I, I think you've always had this vein of. Um, you know like to be learned is good as long as you hearken unto the counsel of god there there's always this kind of anti-intellectual right and, and even don't don't you see that in in Joseph Smith a little bit as well you know when we talked about this in King Follett where he he would talk about how he he knew everything through the spirit and the holy ghost but all of the professors of religion and we've got it in the Charles Anton story and you know that, that there that there's people out there that are so called Experts, <laughs> There's another one of the f- folk speech, a little so-called. You can put that in front of something to discredit them. So-called experts and so-called intellectuals that <laughs> really, they, they lean upon their own wisdom and their own understanding without hearkening to the counsels of God.
0: Yeah, it's part of the triple threat to the church, right? The well, so-called is, intellectuals, yeah. the homosexuals, and the feminists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You know, uh, um, as far as knowing, um, I have another phrase here, and this shows how important knowing is. You'll hear this one too. Um, I want you to know that I know. So it, they have to take it to the second order. Yeah. Not only do they know, but they want you to know that they know. Yeah,
3: that's that's like, that's of... like
1: saying that's like saying I know. No, for reals. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I, I was really proud of my wife about four or five years ago. She, she stood up in a testimony meeting and said, you know, everybody always says they know, but nobody knows. And, you know, if you if you say to me, you know, I won't believe you. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but nobody really knows. So let's just stop saying that. And it created the biggest firestorm. I mean, th- there were two or three people that just came lined up right after uh, she had spoken. To reassure everyone in the congregation that they in fact did know. You know, <laughs> and, and it and it got pretty heavy and, and heated. I got called into the, the bishop's office afterwards and the bishop said, Hey, what are you doing to your wife? <laughs> but uh, that 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 was a moment I was pretty proud, actually. I was glad oh to see her do that. Yeah.
1: I like you you like getting hauled into the bishop's office. Now now
2: Brother Austin, I mean yeah. what
1: in the
3: world?
2: Yeah, he told he told me that when you're when you're intellectual and you ask questions like this, it's just a lonely existence, and you know, so you need to be, just need need to be careful about what you're doing to others. If if you're okay with it on yourself, that's good, but just be careful. He was cool about it, you know. He wasn't a, he wasn't a jerk at all, um, but uh, it, it did create a little bit of a firestorm for a while. I don't think she'd she'd hurry up and say it again anytime soon. But she still believes it.
0: It's funny that he blamed you.
2: Well, he knew. <laughs> oh, he knew. Geez. He knew. Bishops who know. He got the he got the Glen stare. Yeah, yeah. He could see I I was laughing gleefully while she was saying it. He figured there was something there. Jeez.
0: All right. The next one I have to bring up, um I, I have to admit, really annoys me. And uh, you hear it all the time. And that is the word humbly. Um, especially when people use it in reference to themselves. <laughs> Of course, they say it a lot in prayer. I say these things humbly, but um, (laughs) you'll hear it peppered all over, and it drives me up the wall. Um, Humble people don't have to say that they do things humbly.
3: Yeah, doesn't it automatically take it away, take your status away as soon as you declare it unto yourself? I would would (laughs) Unto. It it one.
0: manifest of the Spirit working in you.
3: That's right.
1: I humbly come before you, brethren, today.
2: Yes, exactly. I I Uh, heard this in a prayer once. uh, Lord, we are so humble that we are the most chosen of all thy people. (laughs) We're so humbled to be the most chosen. And I just thought, wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, but, I mean, that's key because you hear it a lot of times, stake presidents, whatever, say, um, you know, uh, mission presidents, those sort of people, I'm humbled by the opportunity to stand before you right now. Really? You're humbled by it. Come on, I mean, I, I. It's 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 almost like they're trying to buy themselves insurance, you know. Because, I mean, yeah. frankly, some of them come off as pompous asses. So if, if they throw a couple of humbles in there, maybe we will forget that.
1: Yeah, because they're really just one of us, just one of the dudes.
0: Well, some of Mar, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I I I think again it goes back to the performance of it and that's you you need to be humble and the the words that you say, the way that you say them, the expression on your face, the way that you you kind of move slowly and look across everyone in the room with a smile. Uh you know, it's all part of that humble cuz that that that's uh oh here's a, another word conducive. That that's another uh word that is conducive to the spirit, right? Conducive,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That, that that performance is is conducive to the spirit.
0: But but we, of course, we've 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 uh, sort of brushed over it. But we need to stop here and and give full credit to the um, to the Glenn Beck pause. Um, you know, which is to stop. Yeah. Sometimes you look off to the left a little bit and up. Uh Henry Iring really has it down to an exact science. Uh,
1: uh, hey, hey, hang exactly. on. What if he's but is don't you think he's genuine, John? I mean, you're criticizing the the guy, but he might he might really be heartfelt, you know? Maybe he's maybe he's feeling it.
0: I believe that Henry Iring is genuine. I absolutely All right. Um so but I. I think it's a it's still a learned behavior. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I don't think Glenn Beck is genuine. Um and I think that there's people who use it in but but I think that for the most part, you know, 80, 90 percent of the times yet in church, people are really feeling something. Yeah. Um, and and but they've just learned that this is the way the masculine because women never, never do that. But they, they don't do that set that sort of pause and and lower lip shuffle and you know and, and 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 all that sort of stuff it's a very male thing so it's it's well, earthy they earthy.
3: they do the pause too but then they just go the higher voiced after the pause <laughs>
1: they, yeah, yeah, and then they, they're gathering themselves you know yeah, pulling handkerchief out yeah <laughs> um you,
0: you know and and it's an outlet for for, for mormon men who normally have to wear their gray suit and be stern and you know so i i, I don't
3: I think, I think the well placed I think the well placed pause is also a Mormon expression. Yeah,
0: <laughs> true. Okay, uh, here's the next one I had on my list because and it's important because it inspired this whole podcast. Of course, I was back in uh in uh, Utah a couple weeks ago. We had the live podcast, and um, you know, and I, I I'm around with my family and other people who pray a lot, and uh, I enjoy being prayed um two four or about anybody who wants to pray,
1: pray
0: to <laughs> feel free but <laughs> i have i was more nourished and strengthened during those few weeks than i've been in a long time i heard that phrase yeah. over and over and over again <laughs> nourish and strengthen yep the, the irony is you'll hear it over like white cookies and red punch too
2: well yeah,
3: the, those the are ironies. ones that need the extra help right I suppose or, or the irony is when you're in South America and you've just recently taken your your biannual um uh, deworming pills for the food <laughs> and the water and then you bless everything.
0: So <laughs> You know, we we probably need a whole nother podcast on where tradition of blessing the food. You know, cuz most um most religions or most Protestants sort of have a concept of saying grace, saying thanks for the meal. But I know a lot of Mormons who get nervous about eating unblessed food. You know, it's almost been elevated to the the, uh, level of a sacrament, even.
1: Well, because they look at it as as disrespecting God for their, you know, their donuts and
2: french fries or whatever they did.
1: What what else are you going to
2: say? You have to say something three times a day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we all know people who um, have been saying the exact same prayer, (laughs) word for word for years, and um, nourish and strengthen is usually a a key component of that.
2: As a side note, John, I just want to say that you've reached your quota of whole nothers. You've said three now. Uh,
0: (laughs) A whole nother thing? Yeah.
2: Now, that's your fourth. Uh, You've got three whole nothers that you can use in a podcast, but now you're at your (laughs) limit.
3: It's cool to see the behind the scenes going on. Yeah,
2: <laughs> see uh, us in all our flaws, Mark. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, all your colors.
2: So you, I, know, you, you mentioned John that being prayed over and prayed for it, it, it reminded me of a experience I had with my brother several years ago. He he's not in the church and he hasn't been for a long time. But whenever we we get together as a family, my dad wants to make sure that. We include him in church-type things. So, you know, like for my dad, anytime you leave the house, you should say a prayer. And so we're all together. My brother's going to work. And my dad reminds us all we should pray. Okay. He asked my brother to do it. But my brother hasn't been in the church for for years. And so his style of prayer is so different now. And he just just spoke very casually and said, you know, hey, God, we're glad that we're here. Uh, It's cool to be with our family. Uh, You know watch over us this day, uh, amen. And that was pretty much it. And my sister and I were kind of like looking at each other through the prayer because we knew it was making my dad really uncomfortable that he was doing it this way. So so the next day when it was just my dad and my brother and I, um, I, again, my brother's getting ready to go to work. And so he calls the three of us together and says, why don't we say a prayer? And Glenn, why don't you say it this time? And I was just standing there in t you know, t-shirt, baseball hat. And so I, I folded my arms and I said, hey, God, we're glad that the three of us are here. And like, I could feel my dad just glaring <laughs> at me. And, you know, as, as soon as I was done, he, he just, he, he stared at me and said, now do it the right way. I said, Oh, Ooh. sorry. Sorry. And so I took off the baseball hat and said, <laughs> Oh Aww. God, we're glad that we're here today. The three of us is here. And my, my brother Boy. got a kick out of it. So, uh, <laughs> just, 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 for my brother. Yeah. The, that's for
0: the me. right way. And, yeah, and that's that's probably way. where this whole thing becomes more than culture and becomes dangerous. Um, you know, I, I remember I, I was taught to pray. I, I remember having um, having um, family home evening lessons when I was a little kid teaching us, like, uh, you know, high middle English grammar, you know, the, the proper use of vine and that sort of thing. And it was very important to my parents that we use those, those terms. We didn't use you in a prayer. Right. And I remember seminary teachers going so far as to saying, you know, first of all, you have to say what you're thankful for, and then you have to say, um, you know, what you want, and then you have to ask for forgiveness. And, and there was like this—to them, there was this definite order of of how things are done, and this should all be done properly. And I think that's sort of the undercurrent in this whole thing. And, you know, we talked about emulating the brethren, but there's a very um, big tone of there is a proper and a right way to do things in the church.
3: I think that's one of the missionary lessons too. If I if I'm yeah. remembering correctly, there's you show like four steps to a prayer or something. Is that right? That's right.
0: Yeah. I have to think through my little flip chart. I, I think you're
2: right. Yeah. And if if Mike were here, he would tell us that this is the way that Jesus prayed in Gethsemane. And so that's the way that we pray uh-huh. today.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, one of the others I did I did want to bring up. Um, this one I did do a little research into, Mark. Um, at least I'll claim that I did. Um, which is the 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 middle initials? Um, yeah. Uh, this is an v- extremely Mormon thing to do, and it's extremely um, it's it's a real identifier. You know, you you can always tell who's in the church and who's not by 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 doing that. Uh,
1: like, Neil, like Neil, A. Maxwell. Yeah. Like like, uh, like John F. Kennedy.
3: <laughs> or if you said uh mr H- uh uh almost said hitchens what's hinkley <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: that's a good uh Dude, you got your channels crossed. there we go yes yeah, right
0: <laughs> uh,
3: yeah <laughs> gordon, gordon, Hink, how
0: many gordon hinkley's are there do we really need the b
3: well and also i remember i was in an institute class uh with some of my my buddies and my friends would say, Yeah, Gordon B. he's the best. Gordon B. that and this and that. But they were like being, you know, like they you know, being sincere. And the institute teacher said, We do not call him Gordon B. <laughs> we call him Gordon B. So,
0: now, I, This one I said I did a little research on. I, I I tried to figure out when it started, and I believe it started um with um with the this this Joseph Smith and his Joseph F. Smith and his son Joseph Fielding Smith. Yeah, that's what I would think. And um, and and actually, it's a little bit more complicated than that because they had a bunch of um, cousins who were um, the patriarchs too. And so I, I think that that's that's when it started. But it's done super religiously now. And and you know if if you if you say like um, you know you you just you you drop them, people will tell you to do a double take. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: well, that. That's what I was alluding to is like the Joe Smith. If you say Joe Smith, you know that's an anti-statement. If you say Joe Smith, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you if you say Joe Smith, it sounds like that's a anti-source that's going to start talking about Joseph Smith.
2: Yeah, John. I'm not going to disagree with you on this. That it it has become a sign of respect within Mormonism to do the you know the the three part of the name, you know, with the middle initial or sometimes even a first initial and a middle name. But I, I think that it speaks to a larger um, cultural phenomenon of three patterns, and I think you you see three patterns everywhere and three three patterns give you a sense of completeness and wholeness, and I think that was just adopted and um, made this special little compartmentalized thing um, with the 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 uh, general authorities and um, th- these names, but you've got that, you know. Like I said, the, the John F. Kennedy, you know, the JFK, and, and you've got Martin Luther King, and you know, you, you've got other other things where people will use all three of their names. And everybody has, you know, traditionally, a, a first, a middle, and a last name. Um, so I, I, I think it's part of a much larger uh, Western cultural tradition of three patterns.
3: Well, I... I'd, I'd I'd say I'd say um, the church is very organized with uh, genealogy and, you know, names being the, maybe the largest part of genealogy, uh genealogical work. And to the church's credit, I think that that was, it's probably how the future is going to come out is people are going to be known by a first, a middle initial and a last name, because it's just, it's a lot better, you know? I mean, every there's so everybody has a shares the same name with somebody else in, in the U.S. So, I don't know. I think it's it's a good trend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I still think it's weird. Um yeah. <laughs> it, you know, there 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 are people like you point out, Glenn, where, where we have used their middle initial and there are people out there where we use their middle name, and that's oftentimes because that's what they go by. But this insistence on using that middle initial. Um and if you look if you go to Desert Book and buy books by them now, they always have that middle initial, which is if you go to the non-Mormon section, you won't see that very commonly. Um, so I, I think it becomes almost a statement of authority. You know, if you say, um, you know, Jesus H. Christ, then you know that he's a uh, an authority as opposed to just a common guy.
2: <laughs> so we we kind of misspoke a few months ago when we talked about Abraham Jones. It, it needs to be Abraham S. Jones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
3: All in favor.
2: <laughs> manifest
3: manifest yeah. manifest
2: by the uplifted hand are we are we gonna hit the
1: the two big phrases that are so big that it's on jewelry like choose the right return with honor
0: uh uh-huh.
1: yes yes we are all right there's even some with tattoos that have that I mean, that's
0: awesome <laughs> Well, choose the right you know that's that's a marketing campaign you know that and that's a successful one i don't know who who created that but you know the church still sells those little rings for a buck fifty a very successful um branding um yeah return with honor came out out of efy out of um youth conference didn't it that sounds right um so it it has it has the same sort of thing and you'll see that stenciled on people's walls in utah that's a that's a thing i've seen there but i don't see much of anywhere else where they paint it right on their walls and and the the return with honor and the, um, back in the, when I was a kid, they used to say, remember who you are
2: and what you stand for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So same sort of thing. Um, and you know, and there's a whole other, um, (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole other thing we're not addressing tonight, which is all the, the nouns. I mean, we can go through some of them, um, pretty quickly. Um, they're not as much phrases as they're sort of unique um, Mormon terms. I'll start you out with one: a uh, uh, sweet spirit.
3: <laughs>
0: um, does anybody use that for real anymore? Is that one crossed crossed the line? Does it jump the shark?
3: I bet it's still used in the singles words, right?
0: Well, but everybody knows that you don't want to be called sweet spirit.
1: <laughs> but they're defi- and they're definitely used towards the sister missionaries, right?
3: Right. <laughs>
2: there you go on your anti-sister missionary kick again tom (laughs) i can't i can't get off the bus i don't know
0: (laughs) so i mean there there's a there's a whole lot of those that are um and and you start getting into like the mormon curse words like flip and and scrud fetch Fetch. and um gosh tom you're dropping those all the time which ones am I missing?
3: <laughs>
1: Freak, uh, dang it, sheesh, I don't know.
0: Heck, yeah.
1: Were, were you
2: ever told that G's is off limits?
0: Um, no. I have been. Yeah. Um, but only by strange people.
2: Yeah, I, I've been told that it's it's short for Jesus, so yeah. you shouldn't yeah. say
0: G's. <laughs> Every one of those words substitutes for another word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's short for that, You'll, yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and there's a lot of I've heard all the Mormon f words in other places, but not as much as you know. There's some missionaries and some BYU guys who drop those in a steady stream of um, fetching, flippin' filth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, anyway, that's Mormon expressions. Any any uh, any departing thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I want I want I to uh, get away from the words for a minute. And I'm just going to give you the meter of something, and I want you to tell me what it is. Okay, are you guys listening? The meter, okay, like a music meter. You'll you'll figure it out. Ready? Da 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 da
3: I think I got it. <laughs>
2: what what do you, what do you know. think is Mark?
3: I know, with the bottom from the bottom of my heart or so.
2: <laughs> Did you guys not get it? Was it I know. No, no. Da 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 da. Da 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 we heard you, we heard you the first time. <laughs> Did you not I don't, get it? It's a prayer. It. It's a you prayer. Know? It's, it's a kid, prayer. Kid it's sacrament prayer.
3: prayer. Oh. Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's right.
2: And it, it you know, it's like, "Oh God." Oh, there the we go. Eternal yeah. Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread. I, I mean, it's like the—it's it, a poem.
0: But when, you, when you listen to conference next um, in October, you'll hear the exact same thing. You start on a middle pitch, and then you hold your tone for the sentence, and then you drop off at the end. So you, so you say— um, uh, let's see. What, what what do they talk about at conference? Uh, pornography, mass, and feeding um, your. Uh, um Let's see. You know, and equal we, rights. We yeah, and we <laughs> went up and we stayed in the plane till it was over. And they'll use that, that cadence tone over and over and over again, where they hold that ah. they hold that tone on a certain level and then they drop. And and that that's that's a yeah that's that you hear it really pronounced like you say in the sacrament prayer. You'll hear it in in prayers and in testimonies most, but you'll also hear it bleeding over into this regular talks.
2: Sorry to get under your skin yeah. on that one, Tom. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> I was like, I I don't get it,
1: you know. I, and then and then you went repeating it like I didn't hear you. Come on, man.
3: <laughs> you know, I have another. <laughs> Go ahead. Just another real quick one, um, and I think this one's used a lot outside of Mormon culture. But I heard it first um, in in the in uh, elders quorum, and it, <laughs> it kind of surprised me. But um, when they say, "Now I don't want to, I don't want to steal his thunder," so I'm going to let him come up here. I kind of laughed the first time I heard "steal his thunder," <laughs> but I've, re- I've heard it outside of the church also. Well, it was in Utah, so maybe it was somebody else from church. But have you guys heard that outside of the church or?
2: That comes out of, at all? of Orthodox Greek religion,
3: um, oh, where, where they're okay.
2: talking about Zeus. Um, yeah. You
0: know, I, don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> all right. So Mormons have a unique way of talking.
2: I, I do. I do have, <laughs> if, if you'll humor me just a, a few moments more, John, there are five, five things that I heard today, right? Joy is fleeting, but happiness is eternal.
0: Okay, I ones. think
2: this falls into the, the category. I already mentioned the spiritual knowledge versus the intellectual knowledge. Something that's, it's, we must remember that it's a process, not an event. <laughs> um, there is a reason why we were supposed to, blank and blank and blank, you know, this reason why. And then there's a difference between the culture of the church and the gospel. <laughs> and I think we could spend more time talking about those, but, but those were kind of that's these a language whole, things. That's a whole thing. It is a whole nother one. Yeah, I think we bored our audience plenty. I don't think so. No, I think the audience is going to be going, oh, they didn't say this one. Oh, what about this one? They're going to be filling the boards with... uh, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I have something to offer. They can go to uh, mormonexpression.com and uh, find a link there to this podcast and all the others and the discussion, which certainly continues there. Um, Well, guys, I never said this podcast would be easy, but uh, it's definitely... (laughs)
2: The, Amen.
0: And, you know, send us an email at mail at com or call us at 801-906-6722. you going to be in my Harry Potter
1: play.
0: Your Harry Potter play? Sure. Go get it started. I'll come up in a minute.
1: It's going to be nothing. It's going to be the swatting hat.
2: Go on my
0: hat. I'm gonna be the sorting hat?
2: Awesome.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, go get started.
2: I wanna see the I wanna
1: see the script. Are you are you Dumbledore then, John?
0: No, he told me I was gonna be the sorting hat. I don't get anything oh. as cool as Dumbledore. I'm the sorting
1: or, or is it or is it Gandalf? Who is the wizard in Harry Potter? It's oh Gandalf. But...
2: Tom. Tom. Really?
1: I don't know. You have children. Really. Yeah, I know, I do, and the, none of them like Harry Potter. Maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Well, you're you're keeping them pure. Do I
2: do? Do I disgust you, Glenn? <laughs> 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 Stop it!
0: You know, I, I, when I was a, when I was a priest um, in my ward, I had to give it almost every week. Um, um, and by time I was a by time I was ending the the, I used to try to vary the the cadence for my own. Um, boredom. Yeah, I would try to <laughs> specifically break out of the cadence, yeah. and people would come up to me and say, "You are, you know that that is the most spiritual prayer I've ever heard. That's the best delivery." And it's only because I was just breaking paradigm, you know.
2: But, I, but I remember must have been doing it in a respectful way. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to
0: be a jerk or anything. And you know, I I was an average kid. I wasn't particularly spiritual. I wasn't not spiritual. I was just you know, a normal priest, but, um, you know, it was, it was just, Close. it was just noticeable because I, and it took a lot of effort, a really a lot of effort to break that, that cadence. It wasn't easy. Speaking rem- speaking
3: of, speaking of blessing the sacrament as a 14 year old boy, uh, here's another good one. Clean hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, I remember one time blessing the sacrament and, uh, <laughs> The, you know, you, you you read the words and then you're done, and you have to look over the bishop and he either gives you the nod or the wink or the <laughs> or the point down at you like you got it, brother. But uh, one time I I said that I said it was, it was on the water, and I looked over and he was shaking his head, and I was and I was like pissed because I I knew I nailed it. And so I'm like, nailed so I it. Like, he it
2: just he just wasn't paying attention, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, get it. Flip the card over to the water one. We're not on the bread anymore. So I get down there and I do it again, except for this time, you know, where you get to the blood of thy son. I said, to the blood of thy son. I mean, I, like, emphasized it, and then I got done. <laughs> and I looked and I looked over at him, and, and he nodded his head, and then he rolled his eyes in disgust. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I had it right the first time.
2: Even the son of – you didn't get an even in there?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah it became easier after they had those little trays then it was really you know the tray microphone that they pull out before that yeah the card you had to fumble with and you'd lose it and somebody have to flip through the scriptures and you
2: know i took great pride in never having to repeat uh, a sacrament prayer yeah. oh, uh, like, oh i mean so glenn oh, if, they, never if they had a merit mistake. badge for that i would have like filled up my sash with them
3: <laughs> I, I you remember your hits and you forget your misses, man? How about the clean hands, though? Let's go back to that. I heard that on my mission every interview: clean hands, and nobody elaborates. Clean hands and pure heart. Do you know? Yeah. Do you guys even know that clean hands? I, it's like if you're if you're I morally clean phrase. with your with yourself.
0: <laughs> well, I, I never made that connection. I just thought it was meant. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think they were talking about you know.
3: That's what my mission president was. And, yeah.
0: Or anything like that. Um Oh Brazilians. Um you know some there's some really great ones surrounding the sacrament we didn't get to. You know, we'd like to thank the ironic priesthood for the fine manner in which they administered the yeah, sacrament this right. day.
3: Right. And for the fine manner that they will take down the chairs after church.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the of course the girls are never thanked for the fine manner in which they do anything.
3: Oh, that's not true. But their fine yeah. manner of apparel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, brethren, it's been fun.
2: Sounds Uh, like you've got a play to go to. uh, He said
0: when he's 11. He's six now, so I think I got five years. Uh, (laughs) They they just got home from the beach. Um, I walked in right then. All right. Well, um, we'll probably run this one a week from Tuesday.
1: I'll re-listen to it. If it's terrible, John, I guess you can dump it. I don't know. Uh, uh, Tom,
0: (laughs) you think it was terrible?
1: Well, I... uh, just because I got, was here, and and, and there's a couple times where I'd, if I was listening to it and, and, Glenn Tom, and
3: dude, Morris Tom, so. shut up, man. Dude, you're, you're always fun to listen to. Serious, <laughs> serious, man.
1: Well, I, I
3: don't
0: think he's about to criticize himself. I thought he was going after Glenn. Oh,
3: yeah. I, I, I just said, I just said
1: that. When Glenn went through his Morse code and then he started to go through it again like nobody heard him. I was like, ah, we're going to lose our audience that way for sure.
3: No, it's, it's pure comedy. It's great. All right.
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Did you get all that after discussion there, Glenn? Yeah, I'm still recording. I'm still recording. Too, so I have proof if you mess with the tapes. <laughs>
1: You're going to compare, no? Does your after show match my after show? Yeah,
3: it's Cool. All right.
1: Well, it was fun having you on, Mark. Thanks.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mark. It was fun being with you guys. Thanks. <laughs>